1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our victory is in Christ alone. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. New Living Translation. For every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. Grace and faith. Grace is what Jesus has done and provided by His sacrifice. And faith is our positive response to that provision. Whether it be forgiveness for our sins, healing for our bodies or relationships, prosperity or victory over depression, condemnation, and it goes on and on and on. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All given by inspiration of God. Some people don't believe that. It doesn't mean it's not true. It is true. But if you don't believe it, it's not for you. If you don't believe that God heals today, you you have a very hard time getting healed. If you don't believe that He wants to prosper you today, you, you won't walk in victory in that area of your life. It's just the way it works. Because remember, the victory comes through our faith. So we need to believe, first of all, that God's Word is true. And Romans 12, 2 teaches us not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And this is how we do it, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And then we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we can know the good and perfect and acceptable will of God for our lives. And it comes through faith in this Word. The provision is in the promises. Amen? The change, in a sense, is, is, is effortless. Without any work on your part. The seed goes in and, and if we allow it, it will bear fruit in our lives. But it can be resisted. Some people sit in church their whole life and they never, they're just as mean and ugly as they were. Maybe worse. Now they have a religious spirit about them. And they're very judgmental and ugly. And a lot of people don't go to church because of this self-righteous person that goes to church over there. Well, I got news. They're both in big trouble. Your relationship with God isn't based on that person at church that treated you bad. They don't know God either. It's like burning your house down to get rid of a rat. This word is true, but it, a lot of it depends on how much of it you believe, how much you receive with gladness. Remember Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So how do you see yourself? How do you see God? It matters. A great deal it matters. I have a a friend who's a minister and he's been doing this for a long time. And he said something one day that it just was one of those things. That's right. You know, and what it was, was he, he was, it was, it was, it, oddly enough, it had to do with finances and prosperity. And he knew a preacher who was, 
who was very prosperous, and all of his congregation was, and he taught these fundamental truths, and, and everyone was blessed exceedingly. And he said, I'm going to go to this three-day seminar my friend is having because that's somewhere where I have I've not learned the things, that, the, how to do that. I want to I go. And he sat there, and from the day one to the day three, he listened to every word with his notepad. And you know how many notes he took? None. Not a single thing did the man say that he didn't already know. Are you beginning to see what I'm saying here? These were applied truths. He just hadn't believed them. He hadn't applied them in his life. And therefore, he was not enjoying the victory which was available to him through the truth of God's Word. True prosperity. First of all, money is something that everyone is interested in. It gives us power to obtain the things that we need and to, for our comfort and everything else. So, Jesus knew there's something that we cared about. And this is something also that most of us have made lots and lots of mistakes regarding. Yeah, I know that, I know that we have. Old, old baseball player Hank Aaron once said that failure will never stand in the way of success if you learn from it. And he's right about that. But God, remember, he gave us a free will that he's not going to circumvent to make us grow. Trials don't always change us for the good, do they? If that were true, the guy that's been to prison 14 times and is now finally there to stay would have never been back the second time. I've been amongst them, praying with them, and leaving baffled sometimes. But money is important. Jesus taught on money more than he taught on heaven and hell because he knew it was something that we have to deal with. Money in itself is neither good nor evil. It's not good or bad. It's a tool. It can be used for evil and it can be used for good. It can be used for manipulation. It can be used for control. It can be used for power. It can be used for all manner of lust and evil. Or it can be used for blessing Building up the kingdom of God and doing good. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. He didn't say money was evil. He said it's the love of money. The prosperity message and preachers, when it comes to the prosperity message, have really got a negative reputation worldwide for good reason god is not a slot machine or someone that you can manipulate into giving you something based on what you do just because a preacher says that god woke him up in the night and told him that the first hundred people that send him a thousand dollars are going to get a uh, hundredfold return it's not necessarily true i almost said it's not true but it's not necessarily true because it might be for someone but not because of that preacher True success for a Christian is this. Seeking and honoring God with all your heart. Finding out what His purpose for your life is. What He has called you to do. And using all the gifts and talents and resources He has given you to accomplish your God-given purpose. While you're here. And we're only here for a flicker. To run and finish the race He has set out for you. Just because you haven't found your talent doesn't mean that you don't have one. You know who I got that from? 
Kermit the Frog. The great golfer Arnold Palmer said, the road to success is always under construction. But this isn't really true. I'll be honest with you, it sounds right. It seems that way because we're always making mistakes. But if we truly seek and serve God, we will always be sensitive to His course correction. That internal GPS inside of us. The truth is, the road, although it is a narrow one, is complete and perfect because Jesus is that road. John fourteen six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And he also said that the road to hell is wide and most people are going to travel on that road. But the road to life is him, is narrow, and only a few find it. Those are his words. I might paraphrase a little bit. But the other side of the coin on that prosperity message, that error we're talking about, is the poverty message. Equally as wrong. Third John 2, I'll just give you one scripture to kind of override that. All scriptures God breathed. Third John 2, beloved... I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as thy soul prospers. This is God's will for us. And doesn't it just stand to reason that if He loves us enough to give us His only Son, Jesus Christ, to die that terrible death that He did, wouldn't He want to do anything possible for our welfare? Romans 8.32 actually proves this. It says, He that spared not His own Son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And I'm here to tell you that the Word teaches us that all things pertaining to life, this life and godliness, have been given unto us in Christ. We already have these things. They're available to us. The truth about God's plan for prosperity, to to really get to the core We have to build a strong foundation. And we know that the only foundation is the rock, Jesus Christ. But I'm talking about building upon His truths. And it has to start at a heart level. My wife would say, get to the heart of the matter. What Christians need to do is learn the scriptural principles that deal with the heart of their problems. Financial and otherwise. If we fix our hearts toward God, then money will fix itself. If we get our hearts right, the wisdom on what to do with money will will begin to come easily. So we don't need to talk, although it's it's not a bad thing to talk about budgeting and and, uh, handling money, the basics, that you know, give some, save some, spend some. But I mean, you can listen to Dave Ramsey on the radio and get some foundational principles on how to deal with money. We could have a workshop on those sort of things. But we're, we're, we're getting to the heart of the matter here. Because even if you get all those fundamental bookkeeping things, investing things down, you can still struggle in the area of finances. Even if you, if you have a lot of money. Now listen to this. If you have a lot of money, you might need to be the person who needs to hear about God's plan for prosperity even more than those without anything. Because if your heart's not right, You could be in big trouble. I deal with people all the time that have a lot of money. 
They have some very sound principles in place regarding money. But I can tell you that their motivation regarding their life and money is not God-centered. 1 Corinthians 13.3 says, And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. We have this love chapter hanging on our wall at home. And I believe a lot of people do. But how many times do you stop and meditate on it? The New Living Translation says, If I give everything I have to the poor, and even sacrifice my body, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. God's kind of love is required of the Christian. We are stewards of all that God has given us. Colossians 1.16 says, For by Him, Jesus, were all things created, things in heaven and things that are in the earth, visible and indivisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. Not just by Him, for you. By Him and for Him. It's all about Jesus. That's why that's my answer so much. You need Jesus. Jesus is the answer. God gave us life. And not only that, but Acts 17.28 says, In Him we live and move and have our being. So God gave us life and all of our talents, wisdom, abilities to do even the jobs that we have to do. Everything from the air that we breathe to the paper that money is printed on belong to God. He never intended for us to be burdened. Listen, to be burdened with financial responsibility. He wants us to give that job over to Him. When we change our minds, when we get our mindset corrected about money, and we start thinking instead of being owners, we see ourselves as stewards, just managers of what God has put in our lives, then it will change our life. That's the point. Do you know that we're stewards of even our words? Not to get off topic here. Matthew twelve thirty six says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Even our words. Oh, I didn't mean it. That doesn't cut it with God. I'm just here to tell you the truth today. Some of us, I meet people... I wonder if they've ever thought about anything they've ever said before they said it. He's going to use our words at the judgment because you know why? Because they are a true reflection of what's in our heart. But we have to see money as a tool, as our servant. Money, you should see money as, a, as your servant, not the other way around. Too many people are slaves to money. When we begin to see money as a tool, and ourselves as the stewards, as the managers of that money, along with everything which belongs to God, then it will be easy to prosper. And when the way we see money is corrected, we'll begin to, you'll see that it will fix other areas of your life. Money is foundational even to the Christian life. And I'm going to show you, probably not today, but I'm going to show you how Jesus taught that until you understand money, you're not going to understand anything He taught. Adam and Eve were even given work to do. But God was the provider, wasn't He? 
They were placed right in the center of perfection. But they were stewards over it. They were the managers. They had to tend the garden, didn't they? They named the animals. They, they had work to do. But it would be foolish of them to say, we did this. 